Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It makes a world of difference, doesn't it? You feel different today than you did last night when you went to bed. You're all rested and ready to go for the new year. Um, just had some, some thoughts uh, this past week uh, looking ahead to this and uh, thinking about uh, the new year. Going back to Ecclesiastes, there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And uh, rather than read all of that, I condensed it. And I thought of uh, three things this morning that it's time for. There's a lot of things that it's time for, but I thought of three that I wanted to highlight. It's a time for praise. God is great. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. He has our best interest at heart. And if we can refer to God's heart, but uh, he is everything. And uh, we should praise him for it. And praise him openly. It's a time for prayer more so than it was yesterday. The world is not getting better. This world isn't. Um, but we need to be in constant prayer, according to Paul, or an attitude of prayer, and be ready to take on uh, others' burdens and lift them up. It's also a time for sharing the love. Um, he's given us so much to be thankful for in our lives, and we need to be ready to share that love with others, whether it's in help or in uh, speech, in uh, sharing God's love with them, or just being there when somebody needs a, a helping hand. Uh, it's time for praise, prayer, sharing the love. My little reading this morning, by the way, I'm not Donna. I know you're disappointed, but, but I, I'm, I'm here anyway. This is from uh, your favorite book in the Bible, Hosea. Hosea 10:12, just one verse, short and sweet. Sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. And break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. Now I've heard somebody in this pulpit say that'll preach. <laughs> and I think it will. I'll give you something to think about this new year and something to look forward to. Let's have an invocation prayer, please. 
Father God, we praise you for all of the good that you've shared with us from the beginning and the gift of your son and his sacrifice for us. We thank you for um, your presence and your promises to come and be with us, your promise to lift us up and share with us and walk with us, talk with us. Father, help us to know what to pray for, who needs prayer most right at this point in time. Share your love with us and help us to pass it on to others. Be in the message this morning and pray that uh, we will all gain wisdom from your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you ready to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries this morning? Let's start with happy birthday. service at worship this morning with a beautiful hymn, Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us.
we sing this, Great is Thy Faithfulness, I think of Ruth Cootie. This was one of her favorite, most beloved songs, Great is Thy Faithfulness. into a little chorus that you all know. 
not on your bulletin. God is so good. It says, give thanks in the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. I forgot all kinds of things at the opening, but you can forgive me for that. It's a new year. <laughs> well, we appreciate Brother Ray Owens speaking for us this morning, uh, and he'll also be uh, leading the Wednesday night service this week, and he'll be back again next Sunday, Lord willing. Okay. Uh, we appreciate your faithfulness as well and your love. <clears throat> Uh, this morning we have several uh, prayer requests you, you'll see in the in the bulletin, but I wanted to make a note of several. We have pastoral candidate that's lined up to come uh, this year and uh, share with us and uh, give us an opportunity to meet and greet and and uh, hear his words from God. Uh, be in prayer for that, please. And uh, along with that, and right behind it, our uh, missionaries around the world. And we, I know we support some, and we support efforts here in town, uh, locally, around the country. Uh, so many uh, outreach opportunities that we have uh, with others. But especially remember your, your missionaries that are in the field. and. Uh, and need uh, your strength, uh, need God's strength, uh, need his direction, and, uh, and open doors for the word. Uh, along with that, we also have uh, a need for prayer for Larry Worsham family. Uh, remember Jerry Crane this morning and uh, lift him up. And uh, Larry Lawson. And uh, Shirley Mayhar, please, uh, has need there. And there are others that are fighting the, uh, the sinus issues and flu and pneumonia and uh, so much running around that uh, COVID is going to rear its ugly head again, apparently. So um, be careful, be in prayer, be good. 
you see the other needs uh, mentioned, but uh, let's go to God in prayer, please. Father God, we thank you this morning that uh, you are here with us. Uh, you don't care what the first day of the year is. Uh, it's another day uh, for your light to shine in the world. And we pray that you will uh, give us the strength this year to do what needs to be done. Uh, we're not a big fellowship, but uh, the hearts here are big. And we pray that you will uh, help us to love and share and, uh, and reach out to those who need to uh, hear more about you and be reminded of what, <coughs> excuse me, about what you represent for all of us. Your promises, your presence, your uh, walking with us. Thank you for your son and for uh, what he's done in his sacrifice for us. We thank you for these that uh, have been mentioned this morning, uh, your faithful servants that uh, need a special touch this morning, and those that need to uh, make a stand for you, maybe. We think of those who, uh, who need the health uh, improved today or need to uh, be strengthened in spirit and draw close to you. And um, we just pray that you will help us to um, know what uh, and see what needs to be done and, and have the courage to do it. All our missionaries, we've reminded that uh, they face untold obstacles in the world. The world is not a friendly place sometimes. And we pray that you will watch over and protect them, guide them, give them your word, help them to find the opportunities that are there and, um, and the open doors. We pray that you will be with these, this candidate. Uh, we know that he's been in prayer before his coming here. We pray that you will uh, give him the words that he needs to speak when he comes to visit. Give us the wisdom to know if, if uh, this is a good match, if this is what you have in mind, if this is your plan for us. And um, pray that we'll all work together for the kingdom, um, regardless of what the answer is. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. seems like COVID's come back. I didn't, I didn't know. I don't know. Maybe I should have stayed in Texas, although they got the flu, <laughs> I think, over there. Just crazy how things are going on. But look, I feel led. I think that if you feel comfortable doing it, I'd like you to stand up, find somebody you hadn't seen, and you can fist bump them.
you know, if, if you want to, or tell them hi. We had a bunch of birthdays on there. That's great. And anniversaries. And one of the weddings I did, and I didn't even remember it was the third, to be honest. I'm so out of it. So would you stand and greet somebody this morning? You don't need to stand and love on one another just a second. Wasn't that better? Now you feel better. Y'all didn't get up enough and jump around enough, so. Hey, it's good to love on one another, right? It really is. And by the way, I'm sure most of you got the text, but if you want to go to Bocce Grill and uh, stand with us <laughs> probably this morning as we eat too much, I can't go to all you can eat. I'm just something cheap about me, not get my money's worth, you know. But, but we're going to offer that as well. I also want to thank Mike for chairing and Quint for doing the sound and, and always greeting us, Gene, thank you, and Mike doing security this morning and everybody that's done everything, our ushers that will wait upon us a little later as we uh, celebrate and worship together with communion. So I want to thank you. I also want to thank everybody that, on behalf of Dana who sent cards and gifts and all those kind of things for Christmas. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you. Uh, you guys are awesome. and. Uh, I thank you so much. Um, I hope you had a good Christmas. Uh, I, I, I think looking at some folks' face, it looks like it was good. Some of you look like that you got what you thought, a bag of switches. But, you know, it's okay. You're in the house of the Lord. You're being honest, I guess. Um, now, I have a question for you. How many of you, you know, we kind of been challenging you for the last uh, five weeks or so, you know, to include Christ in Christmas in, in the whole thing. And I hope and pray that, that somewhere there was a prayer, somebody read a scripture when your family got together. So 
uh, I started to ask a question, you know, raise your hands, but I don't embarrass you if you didn't. But I hope and pray that you did. But it's not too late. Like Mike said, you know, this is a, another day that we come together to worship the Lord. Every day is special. But we can, we can do that as we start the new year. And actually, that's why we're having communion uh, today. I hope that you did. Now, how many of you got what you wanted for Christmas? You better raise your hand if somebody's in here and gave it to you. Yeah, okay. There you go. I got more than what I wanted. I think I got like three pairs of boots <laughs> and I already have about 10. So anyway, it's okay. It's okay. You can take them back. You know what I mean? And exchange them. I'm impossible to buy for. I love the story and I might have shared it with you before Rick Warren uh, has shared it. It's a great story and it's about a, uh, a boy and his name was Brian and Brian uh, was getting to the age that he thought watches were really cool. We actually gave my grandson uh, a watch and uh, you know that just learned you know when they learn to tell time and then how cool it is and this one has all these features on it that you know I've learned to want a just simple one you know what I mean it works but anyway he wanted to watch for Christmas and he just kept talking about it and talking about it not that any kid ever just perseverates on something and talks about it all the time but he was going crazy about it so finally the dad said son if you mention a watch again and you talk about it, you will not get one stop bugging us about it well about a week later they pray before their dinner and I hope you do that by the way you know I know some people especially as I travel the country I just want to digress a minute I've noticed up north not as much as in the south but you know what I've noticed in the South we're losing that. Please say grace before every meal. Even if you're with people, and of course as a pastor I can get away with it and say, if you don't mind I'd like to bless the meal. But, but I, I don't mean you make a big deal, but just bow your head and, and, and take a minute and, and thank God for the food. Amen? I think that's good. Well, that's what this family did, so it's time to do that. And this uh, Brian said, okay, look, I'd like to read a scripture before I pray today. And so he says, Mark 13, 37, quote, I saith unto you what I have already told you before, watch. That's using the scripture, boys. What could dad do about that? I guarantee you, Brian got to watch. I love that story. So how many of you have seen these pictures? And I'm not good at them. They're called uh, stereograms, where you look at it and it just looks like one thing. It's kind of chaos. But if you look at it another way, or, and I don't have that good ability, you can see something. Like there's one that's a hood of a car and it's all got stuff on it, but if you look at it just right, there's actually a bunny in it. And, and there's those kind of things. And I thought about that. Life sometimes is very chaotic. And when we look at everything, it just seems like it's all blurred together or it just becomes like we put it together and it's blah. But there's something more going on. And I thought about that as we think about today's sermon and we're talking about the sovereignty of God, God has a deeper design than what we see many times. And in our life, in every day, in all things, God has something deeper. So I want us to look at the deeper design of God today. And I have the scripture, and there's several, so I'm going to read it for you. Um, there was about 400 years without a prophet in Israel. 
They'd pretty much never gone that long without a prophet. And there was about 400 years. And then we read in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. Now this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. And we've read this earlier. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. As he considered this, he fell asleep and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary. For the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And kind of our key verse, verses for today. Verse 22. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. And in chapter 2, verse 4, we've read this as well. When the wise men arrived, they asked the king. King asked, where did the prophets say the Messiah would be born? He asked, and the, prophets, uh, the uh, priest replied, in Bethlehem, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judah, you are, no, you are not just a lowly village in Judah, for a ruler will come out of you that will be a shepherd to my people Israel. And then finally, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up and flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to try to kill the child. Herod's brutal action fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah. A cry of anguish is heard in Ramah, weeping and mourning unrestrained. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. Let us pray. Father, take this scripture, take this message, take my feeble skills, anoint them with your Holy Spirit in our hearts, and speak to us on this first day, your day, in the year 2023. Father, I pray your will be done. May we be encouraged. May we experience your joy. And yes, Lord, you may challenge us and speak to our hearts. And all God's people said, amen. Beyond the chaos of everything going on and 400 years without a direct word from God, not that God wasn't moving, all of a sudden there's this amazing miracle we talked about or this gift of Jesus that comes. To Joseph, the fiancé, he says, hey, your fiancé's pregnant. Now, that's unbelievable right there. But by the way, it's of the Holy Spirit. Now that's even more unbelievable. Like right now you would go, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Think about that back then. They didn't have movies. They didn't have all this creativity, all this stuff. What faith that took. And thank, thanks be to the Lord. And says, by the way, and you're going to name him Jesus. This will be his name. And of course, I love this. And by the way, leave and go because the king's going to try to kill him. And when it's time, I'll come and tell you to come back. 
Think about that. You got to go to Bethlehem. And and you think about, you go to Bethlehem, the angels in it, it all work out. You show up and the Hilton's booked up. Well, maybe God's not in this. Man, this stuff preaches, y'all. This stuff preaches. It's, it's real. It's how we are. It's how 2023 may be. It's how some of 2022 is. It, it, it's so, man, this, this Christmas story that we're kind of changing over to a New Year's uh, story just is so real today in what we face. God is working hundreds of years ahead of time. A day to God is like a thousand years to us. Time, and what's so amazing about God, I never want you to forget this. God is in the past. God is here right now in this place, and God is in the future all at the same time. So when I pray to him, I love that, and sometimes I pray about the past, and sometimes I pray about the future, But it's neat, I'm talking to the God that's in both places at the same time. Guys, that right there ought to encourage us that we have that ability to go before the Father and be in all time dimensions at all times. God's sovereignty. This was a demonstration of God's sovereignty. Sometimes you might feel like you've got a mess in your life. And man, we have had some messes. We've had some tough times. And, and all of us have. Health issues, you know, loss, uh, financial, man, he, uh, you know, all the sicknesses, all the things that's faced, what we've been through as a church. Think about all that. And it seems like it might be chaos, but here's what I'm telling you. God's working. God's still working. You don't live by just sight and everything being, everything's going my way. You don't live like that. You live and I live by faith. And what a way to live. It says it's more blessed to live by faith than to see it happen. Now, I do pray for you and me, we'll see some things happen. And I know we will. I know we will. 400 years and then bang. Now, if you don't feel like everything in your life is going well, maybe it's a mess, or maybe everything's going okay, and you look at everything that's here, even the lineage of Joseph, how it goes all the way back to David, and then from David all the way back, just looking how God had all this planned out, it's amazing. And you say, Pastor, how's that relate to me right now? I'm glad you asked. We're going to talk about in my life, God's sovereignty means, and there's several things, I've got four. First is, God is present and acting, active in your life and my life, even when he seems silent. Sometimes God speaks boldly, man. He shows up like he did to Joseph and like he did to Mary and like he did to Elizabeth and like he did to Zechariah and like he did. Sometimes he shows up. Sometimes he knocks you, you know, I've had people praying, I just wish an angel would show up. And I go, you really do? Seriously? What, What might that angel say? And by the way, the first thing you're going to do is fall to your knees scared to death because they're going to be on fire unless they show up in a human form. Read the Bible. Every time they show up, the first thing out of their mouth, fear not, I know you're shaking and you have having emotional issues right now. You know, I mean, think about it. Be careful what you ask for. 
You know, be careful. But sometimes God shows up demonstrative. You know, it's just amazing and sometimes not. I read a story of an atheist professor, and you know, I taught for 30-something years at the university, so I guess I relate to this, but he was at Texas A&M University, and one day uh, a student asked him about God, and he just went off on it. Now, what does that tell you? He's got issues, you know what I'm saying? Instead of going, well, we don't talk about that and moving on, he just started ranting and raving and all this. Then he got so bold to say, I tell you what, started mocking God and he said, let me tell you, if God is, if there's not a God, if there's, you know, I, I will say, knock me down, knock me down, just take me out, push me over. I'll give God 15 minutes to knock me down, 15 minutes to knock me down. So for 15 minutes, he went on another rant. Well, as God would have it, one of the largest football players at Texas A&M University was walking by and heard him ranting and thought, what's going on, you know? Walked in and listened, and the professor said, knock me down, I dare you. And that's all it took, and he went and he knocked him down. And the guy said, well, why'd you do that? What, why, why would you do that? So, well, God was busy, so he sent me. I love that. Sometimes God will knock you down, you know, and God will use things like a car accident or somebody in our family. You know, it'll knock us one way or the other. You know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes God speaks loudly. But you know what? Sometimes God doesn't seem to speak, and it's silent. And we go, well, there's, where's God? We start doubting him. Where's he at? Lord, where are you? I know all of you have done that. Think about how they were at this time, the things that had happened and Rome taken over and 400 years since, you know, really hearing from God powerfully. You know, and, and it's possible that some of us are in this time in our life. And it's like, God, where are you? Where are you? Does that mean God's not working when he's silent? God, are you really there? I have a scripture for you that is amazing from Romans 8, 35 and then 37, 38. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or if we're persecuted? Or we're hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I love this part. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. What about silence? Can silence separate us from his love? I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. Now, if I'm not hearing God, is it God's problem? If God's not speaking to me, it could be God's speaking to me and I'm not listening, or it could be God's trying to get my attention to seek him. You follow what I'm saying? There's a reason for that. And, and I just want us to know that even when we don't see God moving in powerful ways, God is there. He's working. And I want you to think about that. So the question is, will you hold on? Will I hold on? It could even be a test. 
Secondly, once in a while God invites us to participate in what appears to be impossible. Do you believe that? We talked about miracles. Sometimes God, I just think the word impossible is cool. You know, mission impossible. You know, uh, I think living the Christian life is impossible. But with God, all things are possible, amen? Because God is sovereign. God's ways are not our ways. God releases his power in his timing. And every once in a while, God invites us to do something impossible. Just like ladies, if God shows up and said, you're going to have a baby, you know, by the Holy Spirit, you're going, what? You know, <laughs> gentlemen, if you, you know, like I said, your, your fiance is pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. By the way, you're going to go over here, and, you know, and it's not going to be good, but it might be good, and wise men are going to show up. And as far as we know, poor Joseph might have been out working when the wise men came, because it doesn't say about him. So he's like, he missed that. You go, really? You know? Just think about poor Joseph. I really probably ought to preach a sermon on poor Joseph, you know? But God does come to us ever so often and says, we're going to be a part of something bigger. What might that impossible situation be for you in 2023? I don't know. You may not even know. You know, I was thinking about two and a half years ago, the Lord, a little over two, years, two and a half years ago, the Lord spoke to Pastor Neil Oldham and said, uh, I want to send you, you know, to Oklahoma. And I know when he shared it with me, I didn't like it. I didn't like it for selfish reasons. Because <laughs> the next thing is, hey, I know uh, you need to retire. I just retired, you know. But I need you to kind of help out. Two and a half years ago. Now, here's the thing. At that time, I didn't like it. But looking back on it and talking to him and seeing what God's doing there and all, I believe it's God's will. God did something there. He's moving. And then, you know, we thought we had somebody coming, and that didn't work out. And then we thought we had somebody else coming. And then we kind of went through a period. It wasn't 400 years, but it felt like it, <laughs> you know. And, and then we, we had something happen we definitely thought was happening, and we realized, no, that ain't happening, you know. And now I think God's working and getting us to a place. But my point is, is God working in all of this? Absolutely, and when I begin to have more time and look back on it, I see God's working. God's moving. And let me ask you this. Do we love each other in this room any less? I bet you we're more together than we've ever been. I believe that with all my heart, that we love one another and that we depend on one another. And I've seen folks step it up, and I'm so impressed how everybody just steps up and does the parts that they have. And I think we're more united, we're more together than ever before. Now, it's just me, and I don't know how you can be more loving church than how you are now. So I just want to tell you that. I want to encourage you in that. Luke 1, 37 says this. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will over overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. But here's the key part. For nothing is impossible with God. And this is our challenge. Nothing is impossible with God. God doesn't love Cypress Street Church less because he called Brother Neil away. You follow what I'm saying? 
God loves us the same and he's working and I have faith to know he's got exactly what we need and what we're going to do and there's a purpose for everything. And if Neil hadn't left, I wouldn't have been over here to get to know (laughs) y'all. You know, God works, good comes out of it. And it's amazing, it's neat how God works. Now, I will tell you all, you better plan on being here the week of the 27th, 28th, 29th and meet this pastor and you guys better do right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm already telling you that right now. I think next week I'll ask Brother James to tell you a little bit more about him and stuff like that. And we're excited about the future. So once in a while, God invites us to participate, little old Ray Owens, little old whoever, in something that's really, really impossible. In fact, living the Christian life is mission impossible. But with God, it's possible. You cannot live the Christian life by yourself. No way. There are people that I can't love. I don't think they have medication that would help me love some people. You know what I mean? But with God, you go, bless their heart. I kind of, you know what I'm saying? And, and then God works on you and you kind of go, well, I don't maybe want to be around them a lot because of their language or I might not want to be around them. Because, but you know, I can see God loves them. There's good in there somewhere. All that means hurt. You know what I mean? God works with you. Some people are extra grace required people. But God wants you to give grace because guess what? When you give grace, you're receiving grace, right? It flows through us. Wow, that's awesome. Number three, God's sovereignty also means that God is working in many of the circumstances of life. The fact of that is different from God causing all of the situations we face. Some people think God directly makes everything happen. And I hear this all the time, everything happens for a reason. And I can kind of go along with part of that, but you got to be careful. They kind of think it's like we're robots and there's nothing you can do about it and all that. Now here's the true thing. God is divine sovereign. He is the divine sovereign force in all the universe. But God's not the only force. You remember the fallen, you know, world. You remember the force of Satan. And God also has natural laws he created and the word of God. And here's the thing. God's Holy Spirit will never go against his word. The laws that he created, only he can alter those. But he will never go against the ones that he is, that's come forth from his mouth. Truth is in him and him alone. Like gravity. Gravity is a law that God created. And, you know, somebody might want to jump off a building and say, save me. Well, it ain't going to work. You know, is God sovereign and could he? Yes. You know, chemically, alternate state chemically in our brain. And we see that happening. Bizarre behaviors happen, you know, and all the things long term that affect with that. I think on your outline, there's Matthew 5, uh, 45. It says, for he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain to the just and the unjust. In other words, there are evil forces that work in this world. They're already there. And God 
also allows good things. And I'm, I pray there's been some people that, man, this guy's so evil. How in the world does he even make it, you know? And this guy's so good. How's any bad things happen to them? Sure, we ask those questions and God can understand it. But here's the thing. God is in control, but we're also in a fallen world. Evil forces happen. And 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, clearly spells it out, is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may, be, may devour. In other words, our enemy's out to get us. He's a liar, the truth's not in us. He's an accuser for those who believe, especially. He's an accuser, and he's out to get us. And he's going to cause things to happen in life that are really bad. In our text in Matthew 2, terrible illustration. Herod is killing babies. That was prophesied many hundred centuries before. Now, did God cause that to happen? There's a big difference in prophesying and causing it to happen. God can know something's going to happen and tell you it's going to happen and try to warn you and help you, you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean he caused it. You know, he directly had it happen. Satan obviously had control of Herod, his selfishness, his power. If you study the whole Herod family, I got on Rabbi Google and one day and kind of was looking at all Herod and Herodus and Heronius and all the Herods and it wasn't, it's not a good family. It's not one that's very good at all. It's some very evil stuff. So these are people that have yielded over to the dark side, okay? <laughs> They've yielded over to the dark side and they're evil and they do evil things and unholy things. And I've already shared with you, Satan really is into this whole killing of innocence. And I believe that's why abortion, we should stand very, very strong, multiple reasons, but, you know, abortion. And think about all these evil gods in the Old Testament days that they sacrificed children, and nothing's more evil than that. And Satan is evil. He's not just a little guy with little horns and, you know, I can give you power and play with you and at the last minute you get saved and go to heaven. He's evil, amen, he's evil. And we should stay away from him. Did God allow some things in life to happen? Yes. I saw something, I think it was a book named Fallen Man Strikes Fallen Man. We are a fallen world and a fallen man. In John 16, Jesus said this, I have told you that all this that you may have peace in me. How can you have peace in him with all this going on? Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I can't promise you that 2023 is going to be perfect. It's not going to be tragedy. But this I can promise you, take heart, Jesus Christ our Lord has overcome the world. And also in Romans 8:28, we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him and been called according to his purpose. It's not saying all things that happen are great. It's saying God can work in those things. Even if Satan attacks, God can work in it. And it's not that you're going to have a large bank account. But I'll tell you what, you're going to have the best inheritance that ever happens anywhere. There's not 
Anybody in the world has a better inheritance than you do. No one. Sometimes when I was a youth pastor, it would make, make me kind of chuckle. The, and especially as I matured and grow and I'd be teaching. And I told you I've had three students win the lottery through the 30-something years. You know, and it never really worked out too good. But, you know, young people just, oh, I just want to be Taylor Swift. I just want to be this or that. Hollywood stars. I'm here to tell you, there's not a Hollywood star I'd trade my place with right now. Not one. Not one. Now, would I like to have their money to be able to do cool things? And I have to admit I'm selfish. I would like a helicopter. Okay? I really want the beam me up Scotty things, what I really want. But I, when you drive 12 hours to Kansas, you know, somewhere in there, the helicopter or the jet seems really good. But other than that, I just, I just want to do good. But no, I mean, you can't even have a private life. Guys, I can, it's getting better. I can actually go to Dallas and go to an academy sports and walk around and nobody knows who I am. I can't quite go to this academy here not run into somebody. Uh, and by the way, have you ever noticed that if you're in a real hurry rush, you will run into somebody that you hadn't seen in a long time and you need to talk to and you... There's a devil. You follow what I'm saying? I'm just saying, that's, it's not that you're going to have big bank accounts. It's not that you're always going to be healthy. My back's bothering me right now. Pray I get, I'm doing better, but I'm still got numb. You know, I'm kind of numb, you know, part of my body. It's not you're always going to have health, but I promise you this, you have eternal life. I'll take that. I'll take eternal life. It's not that life's always going to treat you perfect, but you're always going to be held in the palm of God's hand. And... You know, just like Jesus, my grace, Paul told us, the grace of God is sufficient. Jesus told Paul with his health issues and his struggle, my grace is sufficient. And I'm telling you, when, you're, when, you're, when you feel God's love come around you and know there's grace, I've been with people who passed and they've experienced that, the peace that passes all understanding. It's real. It's real. And most of you have experienced that. Final thought as we think about the sovereignty of God. Sometimes you may need to look back in order to find the faith to move ahead. Do you agree with that? Sometimes you got to look back. I want to tell you prophecies are important. The word of God's important. Sovereignty is important. Why is that old stuff important? If you ever forget what God has done, then you're going to stop believing in what he will do. Amen? If you ever forget what God has done in your life or in the life of other people, you're going to stop believing what he can do. I, I know a pastor, a lady that um, when she was a child, she had a sister named Susan and she took her mom's lipstick on the mirror and wrote, I love you, Susu, on this mirror. And Susu loved it. Uh, Sister Donna loved it. 
Mom did not love it. And the reason is this was great-grandma's mirror, one of those old ones. And when the oil went on there, I love you, Susu, she spent a lot of time trying to get that out. And no matter what they did to it and the professionals, guess what was there? I love you, Susu, in the background. So 30 years later, it's still there. Now, I actually think that's a great image to keep. Because I think when we look at something and we look in the mirror, we need to almost have, maybe we need to get somebody, maybe I need to come to all your houses with some kind of powerful lipstick or <laughs> acid stick or I don't know what it is and write, I love you, Jesus, on your mirror. And here's what I know. If I wrote it on your mirror where you stand every day and, you know, get your, all of you just get your beautiful faces so perfect, you know. If I did that, you'd go, oh, it's from the wrong place. After about two weeks, you just move on and keep going. You wouldn't even notice it. It's just how we are, you know. But it would be cool that it's there because it's true. It's there all the time. It's there all the time. You ever wonder, I think probably the best illustration I have that scripture there for you is David. How in the world could a little guy David, too small to even handle the armor, how in the world could he take on Goliath? And we all have Goliaths in our life, something too big, impossible. How'd he do it? Because God had been with him when he was with the lion and the bear and all that. You see what I'm saying? All those little times there. He's been with me there. I can, he can handle it. And that's what it says. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, well, go and let the Lord be with you. Because <laughs> I'm scared to death of it. <laughs> David looked back. What a neat thing. So as we face 2023, the question is, what's ahead for you and I? And we don't know. But we know who has our future, right? We know whose hands we're in. We know we have eternal life. We know we never go alone. We know that. And remember Proverbs 19:21. You can make plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. So I ask you the question. Is the Lord, is it the Lord's plan that we try to do or do we do our own plan and ask the Lord to bless it? Now, I'm proud of a lot of people that move over to where they go, you know, I've got all these plans and I'm a planner, by the way. I already had to get me a two-year calendar, you know. And some of you seen my calendar. I should have brought it up here. It's filled up, you know, for two years. I mean, it's got... So I got the calendar out and I'm planning out the big events of the year. I got that. But you make all your plans and you say, okay, Lord, bless all this. That's, that's a step in the right direction. But well, what's better? Lord, will you plan out this year? Will you plan it? Let me follow your plan. Do you see how that's even better? And that's because you know what's ahead, you know what's behind. And Lord, if I'm not supposed to go to Dallas, if I'm not supposed to speak here, if I'm not supposed to do this or that, if I'm not supposed to have a new car, if I'm not supposed to whatever, if I want that land so bad, if I'm not supposed to have that, Lord, will you help stop it? You see what I'm saying? The difference. Do you see what I'm saying? Wow. There's a book by John uh, Craig Crowder, 
He was a mountain climber. On May 10th, 1996, he scaled the summit of Mount Everest, which is phenomenal in and of itself. How you can do it without oxygen, I do not understand. I get it 14,000 feet and can't hardly breathe. And they're at, what, 29,000 feet? Unbelievable. Anyway, as soon as he got up there, a storm came. And they said it was so bad, it was a horrible snowstorm, that lightning was in the snowstorm. Now, we're talking snowstorms beyond snowstorms at 29,000 feet. John barely made it back to base camp where they had four tents. Four other climbers were behind him. And after they left the summit, they were caught even more into the storm. Finally, they couldn't see. And one of them said, let's stop. So they stopped, all came together, put a tarp kind of around themselves and hunkered down. And then kind of they laid over and rested. A few hours later, by the way, there's not much night at 29,000 feet. I've climbed some mountains. It's a very short night, you know. The sun's up and down. <laughs> You're seeing it no matter what. Short time later, they woke up. They were literally, for the first guy, one step to as many as 10 steps for the, they're kind of strapped together, away from Everett's, Mount Everest's south crevices, which is a 4,000 foot vertical drop. Great decision to stop. In other words, when you can't see and you know where you're, don't know where you're going, there's some wisdom in stopping. Amen? Bella, when you don't know where you're going and you can't see it, it's wisdom to stop. Okay? Stop and ask God, whoa, God, what are you doing? I'm not hearing from God. Stop a minute. Don't just go off wildly. I don't care. I just want to do something. You know, we get going. Sometimes we need to stop and say, God, make the plan. Where do you want me to go? You can be as old as me and have studied the word and every now and then the answer is, I don't know. So I go, Lord, help me find your path for me. Lord, help me find your path for me, we have a sovereign God, and I'm going to say a prayer. And in a moment, our ushers are going to serve us the communion elements. In fact, y'all want to be getting those ready. And by the way, if you need help pilling them, because I might need help pilling those little things, we'll be happy to help you. But we're going to have a prayer, and we're going to have a song. And we're going to celebrate communion. Remember when I read earlier, and you, you, he will be Emmanuel, which is God with us. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that Wednesday night. Cool story. Definitely excited about that. I almost wanted to do it today. I'm so excited about it. But God with us, I'll give you this. If God is with me, God's with me, what can go wrong? Where, what can go wrong? It's not who I am, it's who I'm with. And as for me and my house, we want to be with the Lord God, amen? And where can I go 
to get away from Him once I accept Him. With God's with us, you can go anywhere. You can do anything. It's, it's like you turn around and He goes, I've got this, right? The Son of God, I've got this. And it's not just that He's our God and our Lord and all that He is, but man, it gets even better than that. Jesus says, I now call you friend. That ought to excite us as we celebrate communion. I call you friend. I am a friend of God. How about you? I'm a friend of God. And God's a friend of me. Emmanuel means God in flesh, God with us. God is my friend. So when we celebrate communion, I want us to rejoice in the fact that Jesus is our friend this morning. Let's pray and we're going to sing. Father, I pray that you take the words that we've shared in a few moments, the scripture that we read, and Lord, the song that we sing. And Lord, as we accept these elements, Lord, may we take a few moments to spend time with you, thanking you for the personal relationship we have with you and that you're our friend. And God, may we, yes, examine ourselves and recommit ourselves to that friendship. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's join together singing this beautiful song, Gentle Shepherd.
the hard part for me, is getting that little It's a devil. Okay. <laughs> if you would, bow your heads. I'd like to read a word of scripture for you. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself, Paul says. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, our Lord took the bread and gave thanks for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Father God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus Lord, we celebrated this, uh, Lord, for several weeks in a special way we call Christmas, the gift of Jesus. Thank you for this gift of this baby that came to give his life for us, that we might have a perfect relationship with you. And Jesus, thank you for giving your life and for becoming our friend and our Lord and our Savior. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the blood that washed away all our sins. So we stand before you by faith in you, righteous in your sight, only by your grace. So Lord, we all thank you for the sacrifice and for becoming the strength that we have and becoming our friend. Now, Lord, would you bless each of us in 2023 and may we become closer and closer to you and all God's people said sing Gentle Shepherd again this morning. I think that's a beautiful one. Why don't we stand together when you get your elements?
just a quick reminder, uh, no circles after the service this morning. Go spend time with your families. If you care to go to the Hibachi Grill, there will be a group there. Uh, there was a question about going to the guest house this afternoon, and that is not in the plans. Uh, not today, so don't, don't show up at 3. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together and for uh, the fellowship of your people uh, and uh, the love that you've shared with us. Help us to share it with others. So help us to count our time on this earth uh, that it's a blessing to others and that it, we make the most of our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>